you? I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast, and I'm beyond thrilled to have my good friend here, Rachel Bagley. She is the girl behind Cardigan Empire, where she is a fashion consultant for you to help get the right clothes, the right colors on your cute body. So welcome, Rachel. We're so glad that you're here. Oh, I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. <laughs> so will you kind of tell me about your background? Tell me about Cardigan Empire, what it is, what you do and love most about it and how you got started. All right. So Cardigan Empire, let me start with that. What I really aim to do is helping people match their inside selves with their outside selves. And what I want you to do is be able to have clothing that feels so innately like you and makes you feel so comfortable that you're able to go out and do what's really important to you in your life. And that is my goal in the long run. Like, it's fun to experiment with trends. It's fun to, you know, like, try something new. But really, in the long run, that is my long-term goal. And so I want to make things easy for people. I'm very formulaic. I'm an MBA graduate. I went to business school. Um, so that's an interesting background for somebody who went into the fashion field. But uh, I wanted to pr really like lay it out so people could have a formula that they could follow to really find success. Not that they can't deviate from the formula because obviously, you know, if you're, you see your soulmate out there, go out. I'm not here to stop <laughs> you, but I want to keep people from wasting their time and wasting their money and wasting their energy on things that's not really working for them. So uh, we do things like body typing and color categorizations and um, signature style. Yeah, all of those kinds of things that make mm. it so you can mm. successfully put together a wardrobe that's really going to work for you and that's really going to be successful. I do capsule wardrobes, um, and I've been doing this for a long time, since about 2009. And in 2009, I was actually kind of between jobs. Uh, I had been working as a director of interactive, no, sorry, I was the vice president of interactive yeah, you were a software company. It <laughs> yeah, was a very were. small company. <laughs> there were more <laughs> vice presidents, I think, than employees. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed it, but I was working remotely and we were trying to start our family. I just didn't feel like it was the right fit right then. So I quit my job and Anthropology, who I'd been working part-time with as a retail associate, they asked me if I wanted to help them launch their personal styling program. I said, what the heck? I'm not doing yeah, anything do. right now. Let's do it. This sounds fun. <laughs> so I really loved working there. I loved working with clients. I loved working with just the customers, helping them to, you know, feel like they'd achieved something by the time they left the store. And the only thing that I was really disappointed with, and I didn't feel like I could, uh, I, I didn't feel fulfilled in, is so many times I would put on an outfit on somebody and I would be like, I have killed it. You look amazing. <laughs> I really just would like to pat myself on the back because you look great. I don't care if you buy it. I am just really proud of myself for making you look this stunning. Like, you look great. And then people would go and they'd look in the mirror, and all they would see is these disembodied body parts, right? They'd be like, oh, my gosh. 
look at like my underarms here. Like, oh my gosh, that's all they could see. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're losing the whole picture here. I see the whole picture. You look amazing. Like nobody is looking at your underarms. You're being crazy. This is neurotic. And I realized at that point that fashion was much more than just following a trend or looking good or different things like this. There's much more of a soulful aspect of it. And I really wanted to understand that not only for my clients, but for myself. Like I'd been struggling with things on my own. One of the reasons we quit is because I've been struggling with infertility and we really wanted to start our family. And I knew I needed to get through like, oh gosh, a half a foot of paperwork it felt like. <laughs> and it was really overwhelming to me. And I was kind of angry at my body at the same time too. Um, just because I felt like my body had failed me and I was trying so hard to have babies and my body just would not cooperate. And I felt like we were at odds with each other. I wanted to punish it. I was mad. It was more than a empty thing. Like, I don't like how you look body. It was more like, we are at war body. Like, uh. you have failed me at this and I will punish you back. And so it was a really unhealthy and unproductive time for me. And I wanted to find some healing and some love and just something bigger in my life. And so I started writing on Cardigan Empire just as much for myself as I did for anybody else. I felt like I was such a novelty at the time. Everybody was a lifestyle blogger, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this totally crazy new thing. <laughs> blogger, right? And at the time, it was really fun. And I just wrote, I didn't care if anybody else read it, you know, but it was really nice to be able to find a tribe out there that understood where I was coming from and that hopefully I was helping. And it's been a great journey so far. Like, I have really, like, what I enjoy most about my job are the people. Like, I love fashion and it's fun and it's entertaining, but I really enjoy sitting in somebody's closet with them for four hours while they try on everything they have. And we are best friends by the end of it. Like it's really <laughs> hard not to disrobe your soul when you're having to disrobe your body about 500 times in a night. Like you get real close real fast. And I have just found it to be a really rewarding opportunity to really get to know people and help them to achieve something that seems really trivial, but it's something we have to deal with so often. And I think there's so many times where you don't get to introduce yourself formally to somebody, right? Like you're passing people on the street all the time. You're, you know, checking out at the grocery store, whatever. And you interact with these people and you don't have an opportunity to, you know, have a full conversation with them, but your clothes can say something to them, right? Your clothes can say like, oh, hey, how are you? I appreciate <laughs> I wear a button on my pants because... I knew that I might encounter somebody just like you today. And so I changed out of yoga pants or leggings and I'm going to show you some respect. And I think that's a really fun, cool opportunity that we have with clothing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That was a lot. (laughs) It's, I, no, I love it because I know the first time I really met you was just a few weeks ago, right? I mean, we've met met in passing before. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you said, is it normal for me to just meet people and uh, want to do a color profile? (laughs) I do that all the time. People think that I'm judging, like all the time, like people will be like, oh, I feel so embarrassed. Rachel's here and she's going to like all these stuff that I'm wearing. And I'm like, I never think about what people are wearing. Like, I'm just happy to meet them. But I might check, figure out your coloring because it's just like, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, hmm, well, let's think through that. Like she has really pretty eyes and I feel like then I'm making a real connection with the person. I can understand them a little better when I know what colors look best on them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you sent me over my profile, color profile and I was like, yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> goodness. I, I love your gorgeous blue eyes. It's such oh, a fun contrast with your dark hair. 
But I, I do, I do really love what you're doing because there is so much more than just wearing clothes, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's more than that. And, and you know that. And I, I do think that this, I love where the places that this comes from because it came from a place of not loving your body. And now you had to kind of make peace with it. And right. I think, I think whether the moms listening have, are married or like not, or haven't had kids or anyway, we can all relate to that. <laughs> Cause yeah. so with your story, you adopted and then you had kids. Isn't that true? Yeah. So we tried to have kids for about five years. Um, we went through different processes and trying to have children and then we adopted our daughter Coco and she is one of the biggest miracles of my life. And I know that the other children would not have come if we had not have found her. So it's really lucky. Like, <laughs> I'm fully convinced like she is the ringleader. Um, and actually at that time I had an ectopic pregnancy where I lost one of my fallopian tubes about the same oh. time we adopted. And so I thought for sure I was done having children. I thought this is over, like we'll just continue to adopt. Five months later we were pregnant with my son. So, you know, miracles happen. Like everybody's path is different and you just have to continue doing what you can. And, you know, it'll, it'll come together in the end. <laughs> Let me just tell all the people who are out there waiting for like the big miracles to happen. Like it happens, not in the way that you thought and not in the timing that you thought, but it'll work out in the end. So with my nonprofit, Beauty Revived, I worked with a lot of adoption stories. And everyone, like everyone, every time I talked about it, like I'm like teary-eyed because everyone was so God-driven. Like you're like that, yeah. that is that little person had to go to that family. And so I, I definitely believe that that, <laughs> that happens. Oh, no. Like it was seriously so miraculous. Like I remember before I had children – um, people would ask me like, oh, or no, I remember what it was. Somebody asked me right after I had my son, they're like, oh, aren't you so excited to have one of your own children? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> like, getting Coco was like, like, not that childbirth isn't amazing, because it is amazing. But like, seeing God's hand and directing like this individual soul that you know, you have no doubt by the end of it that they're yours and like placing them in the arms and not having to go through labor or pregnancy. <laughs> like, this is a really amazing deal. Like, yeah, infertility sucks. So there was five years of labor, I guess. But like that whole process was just beyond like, I can't advocate for it enough. So that's awesome. So now you have, do you have four kids? I have four kids. You yeah, have four I have kids. my daughter and three biological sons. Wow. So Coco's eight, then we have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So you have gone through not only the like uh, body changes of having infertility treatments, because that is a whole thing in and of itself. My goodness, everybody who's going out there, prayers to you. It's, it's no fun. It's no fun. And it's not just over when you're done with infert- like with treatments. It's just tricky. So, And then um, you've also gone through <laughs> the body changes <laughs> of having kids. So what advice do you have to these moms who are in this place of constant change, because I just, you know, we just had our, well, I have a two-year-old and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, okay, maybe my body's coming back. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, it's good constant. Like, I think it's a constant evolution. And I think the hardest thing we do to ourselves as women, or one of the hardest things, is we constantly compare ourselves to ourselves. So you have this idea, like, there was this, like, two-month period when you were 19, when your body was a certain way, and you're like, that was the ideal, people. Or I don't know, I don't care when it happened. But you have this ideal in your head, and then the rest of your life, you're constantly comparing yourself back to that ideal, right? That ideal is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Your body has done and evolved miraculous things. 
And it has done so much more than, you know, just look a certain way. We are so much more than how our bodies look. We are not just objects to be, you know, like admired, which of course the human body is amazing. Like I haven't, like it is so beautiful and I'm a huge fitness advocate. Like I could not get through the day without like a regular <laughs> dose of aerobic energy. I tell everybody, I'm like, I need to be docile enough not to hurt my children. Like I love them, <laughs> but I have to do something. And I, so I love exercise and I love like being fit and I love um, health in general, but your body is in constant evolution and we just have to accept that the only constant is change. And people will say, well, like I don't want to invest in my wardrobe because I'm, you know, in between sizes or I just had a baby or I'm going to lose this weight or I'm, you know, like eventually my body is going to do this. And I say like, we just need to live now. I, you don't need to have a huge wardrobe, like have five items that you fit you and that you really love and just wear them on repeat. Like just be European. Europeans have figured it out. They will wear the same outfit every day and they'll come back to work, you know, three days in a row. And people are like, yeah, she nailed it. She looks good in that outfit. She looks good yesterday. <laughs> she looked good the day before. And she's still looking good. You know, in America, we have this uh, concept that we need to have at least a two week rotation, which you can totally do. Get 10 items and I can give you a two week rotation. And if that's something important to you, if like the variety is important to you, then honor that. But uh, just realize like you can look good at any point in your life. You do not have to wait for some ideal to appear. You like clothes are there to serve you, not the other way around. And I think so many times we think like, oh, like if my body could just be a certain way, then I could fit in these certain clothes or I could fit in this certain size. And the real truth of it is, is you can reject clothing all the time. Like it is not rejecting you. They are inanimate objects and they are an art form that only exists and only fulfills the measure of its creation if they are on a person, right? Like if they're sitting on the rack, they are worthless. Okay. And so everybody is vying at the chance to be worn by you. Like you are the queen of this whole concept, right? Like you are the center of this entire world. And so you, when you go into stores, don't go in there like with fear because I've seen so much fear. Like I've seen petite women who like everything's drowning them, right? Where they're like a double zero and they're like crying because they're like, nothing fits me. Everything's too long. Like I, why, why do I feel like I'm a pint-sized child, you know? And I've had <laughs> plus-size women. <clears throat> I've had all kinds of different women crying in the fitting room. And believe me, nobody has the market on that. And nobody has the market on being confident either. Like it's just a mindset like when you go into that fitting room you are the ceo and you're hiring you're interviewing everybody you're like are you good enough for me like are you fitting <laughs> me well oh what you are cleaning i'm sorry that's not acceptable you're out right <laughs> this isn't about like oh my gosh look at my thighs they will not fit in this and i think we just need to switch our mindset because clothing exists to serve us not the other way around and that's always been my philosophy and if i could teach women one thing that would be it like clothing exists to serve you and then we can have a completely healthier conversation about fashion. So, wow, <laughs> I love it. I wrote down the quote: "Clothing, clothing's there to serve you, right? Not the other way yeah. around." I love that. I love it. Well, I, I think it, I think it takes the focus off of us, right? Like we suddenly aren't the problem. No, just, you're never the problem. Yeah, you're never the problem. It does not matter. Okay, you have ten more pounds on you. Who cares? That's just like <laughs> an attribute, right? Like. I think it's sad in American culture, we have so much shame around fat and it, we just need to get rid of that. Like, of course you need to be healthy, but like there are all kinds of healthiness. 
there are big healthy and there are small healthy and you just need to find your healthy. But it's not about like being a certain size and like being what everybody else has accepted. You just need to find clothing that makes you feel comfortable and confident. And that's the end of it. So, so, um, I, I picture you (laughs) walking with me into a dressing room and me crying. And what, what do you say to these women who are, because here's the thing, (laughs) um, like walking into, a store and like having someone there being like, that looks good. That's a no, you know, that brings up a lot of internal struggles that like, uh, so how do you even, how do you work through that with someone? Well, one, I have to, I have to say, I'm going to find you something that looks good on you. I already know it's going to work for you. Like, and that's the reason the formulas work. I don't do it because I want to live in stereotypes and give people a lot of rules. We have enough rules in our life. But if I understand like, okay, Michelle, she is a cool winter and she has like a lower figure and she has more of a classic kind of maybe modern signature style, then I can already take that into account and like start calculating and saying, these are the things that are most likely to fit her. I already know these brands really work for this kind of person. I already know these colors already work for this person. And so we can really quickly get to something that you're going to like, right? And I think that the more that you can just see it, like seeing is believing, like when you finally put on a pair of pants and you're like, oh, this was always available to me. Like I don't have to feel like my mother, like internal organs are squishing over my pants all the time. I can feel like a human being like, wow, like I could just like be comfortable. Like I don't really even, I I think that that is the, like it doesn't take a lot of conversation. I think once you actually see things that are working for you and you see, you know, like how much more comfortable and how much, how much you can find something that really feels like you, then the comfort, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of talk therapy. Although I'll give that to you too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk to me about your formula because I like formulas. Yeah, so tell me, formula. tell me so about body it. Type, body type is the first step. Um, body type, we look, there's five different body types. You have a lower figure body type, an upper figure body type, an hourglass, a middle figure, and a linear. And there's different kinds of hybrids and things like that, but that's your basic body structures that you're working with. And so when uh, we just do some quick, like we are going to take your bust measurement, your waist measurement and your hip measurement, because those are your three primary circumferences as a woman. And we're just going to look at the ratios between them. It's not necessarily about how big they are or how small they are. It's just ratios. So we take one number, we divide it by the other. If it's greater than 125%, you're curvy. If it's less than 125%, it's less curvy. So we just look at which areas are the curviest, which areas are the most dominant. And then we take some measurements of your shoulders and your hips because we want to understand those dimensions too and balance. And really, we just start working from there. So after you got body type, because we're just given our body types, we don't get a lot of choices in those. Um, we, we just get to learn to love those. Um, then we look at coloring, which coloring is super fun. I love coloring because there's it's so interesting to me the longer I've done this because people, there's so many emotions tied up with body type and body image. People don't care about their coloring. Like, it's <laughs> like they're a cool summer. I've never had somebody be like, really? I am? I'm a cool summer? And I'm like, <laughs> no, everybody's excited. They're always like, oh yeah, yeah, I am. I do. That's, those are the colors that look good on me. And like, we're able to accept that. And I, I hope just someday, like as a culture, we can get to the same point on our bodies, right? Like they're just attributes. It's just like, blue eyes, curvy hips, like who cares? Like they're all just different and they're all great. And they all have different um, features that are going to work for them. So we just, once we do coloring, there's like four major seasons. And within each of those color seasons, you have three categories within there. And it's just a matter of like how much warmth you have in your coloring, how much contrast you have in your coloring. And 
the, just how much um, clarity is the word they have for it. So whether your colors are blended or whether your colors are really pure. And between those three categories, um, then there's like 12 altogether and we kind of piece people together. And usually I can find a pretty good spot for everybody within that um, system. And then signature style is super fun because that's a choice. Like a coloring and body type, there's their genetics. There's not a whole lot. Like you could exercise and change it a little bit. You could dye your hair, get a tan, change it a little bit, but <laughs> basically got what you got. Um, but with signature style, you get to do whatever you want. This is a choice. Like this is like just your personality. And if you want to transform that overnight, go for it. And I think that is one of the things like signature style surprises people a lot because a lot of the things you have in your closet and you never wear and you're like, why don't I wear that? I don't know. Like, I think it's cute. Like, I, I just don't wear it. It's usually signature style. Like, you think it's cute, and you can see somebody else wearing it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that is darling. But it's just not you. And you want, like, we just need to figure out, like, what are the common themes in your wardrobe and what you really, how you want to personify yourself. So there's that. And then there's lifestyle, obviously. Like, I remember I, you know, when I used to work as a personal stylist, I could wear dry clean clothing every day, right, and heels. And it worked. It was great. And then all of a sudden, like, I had a baby and I'm sitting there saying, like, oh, should I wear this silk sheath or should I wear, like, <laughs> like what item should I wear to wash the baby today? I don't know. Like, and that is a huge thing, too. We need to make sure that our lifestyles line up with our wardrobes because it's really easy to just get excited about, like, a certain category of clothing. And that might not necessarily line up with the majority of your life. Like, I could buy dresses all day long. I love dresses. I think they're super fun. Guess what? I don't wear dresses every day. I get to wear them on date nights and maybe to church. And that's about it. So I need to figure out other options for myself like that match up to my lifestyle better. So that's the major, major formula. Once you get those four categories filled out, then we just get to have fun and we just get to, you know, play off that and figure out what's unique. And every client's unique. Those are just starting points. Like, right, we use stereotypes because they help us get to a solution faster. And I want people to be able to find success as quickly as possible with or without me. So I give you guys that information so that you can kind of piece it together for yourself. And then you end up with more wins in your closet and you get confident with that. I love it. Because you not only you not only are helping people choose a wardrobe, but you're also giving them the tools so they can, you know, make good choices later. <laughs> I think my husband teases me all the time. He's like, Rachel you know, there's this thing called repeat customers. Like you shouldn't teach your clients how to feel independent so quickly. And I'm like, I can't help myself, Andrew. I can't that much. But I really like my major goal is that these people can do it themselves. Like I want to hang out with them all the time and you can hire me anytime. But most of what I want to do is make it so you can do it on your own. Like I'm a teacher by trade. Like I um, teach at a local community college and I teach people how to be wardrobe stylists. And I want everybody to be the, their own wardrobe stylist of their own closet, right? They're going to be in there in their domain and they're going to own it and they're going to be firing people and only hiring the best and like getting rid of all the people and running this like a, like a real business, right? So I want that for everyone. I'm going to go fire some of my clothes right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, all clothes. It feels so good. You're like, oh, out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think I need you to come hang out with me in my closet. <laughs> well, actually, I want to know, um, so you've kind of just like thrown in some things <laughs> <laughs> like they're no big deal. Like, uh, like you teach at a college. So like, how did your business stuff change from like when you, you had a baby and, or was it before Cardigan Empire was before you had your baby? Yeah. Right? It, Cardigan Empire started about a year before I had my baby. Okay. So that was going on. And then, and it was mostly just a blog, right? Oh yeah. And then, and then way back in, the, there was no Instagram. There's 
like YouTube had like, you know, piddled its way onto the scene, but it was in the grandma days, like back in, you know, we had buggies back then. And <laughs> so tell me how it has um, kind of take me on that journey of changing from like, I'm just blogging, I'm helping, you know, get through your personal issues to what it is now, which it's helping women find their personal style and, and they can hire you. And you also work at a college. Oh, What's I know. Right? <laughs> um, I like to, my main job and all of this, I like my main priority is always my family. People are like, they're the most important, like they're the most important thing on this earth, right? Like I think about all the work that I did as a marketer or, you know, like when I was working on like different projects and I thought they were so important, right? And you spend months on them. Guess what all those projects are doing right now? They are rotting somewhere on a hard drive. They are sitting in a filing cabinet. They are nothing, right? Like those decay and like most of the accomplishments that we get in life, they are going to, you know, like filter through your hands almost overnight, it feels like. Like you get to enjoy that victory for a little while, but in the long run, it's just so temporal and it just doesn't have that lasting value. And so the most important thing I do is I'm a mom and I love being a mom. It is not easy. It is really hard. I have some really like children that are teaching me so much on the daily and <laughs> helping me to become a better person, I hope. And the thing about them is if I invest my time and my energy into those people, they are eternal. I believe that these are eternal people and I am making an eternal impact. Like even the atoms in their body are made of stars that took billions of years to form, right? Like that's how like eternal these people are and that's just their mortal bodies like to make carbon you have to like process it billions of years in stars like and that is just like in their little fingers and you think about their souls and like what you're doing here and I really try to keep centered on that and I think having to fight for my children for you know like five years to get through the adoption and seven years to have children and all those sort of things like there is just no doubt in my mind that that's what I wanted to be and I think that was one of the major benefits of going through infertility for so many years. I think if I'd had children like a year after I got married, like I planned on, I don't know that I would have had that same perspective. And I don't know that I think I'd have that same value on my children. And the fact that I had to cry so much and work so hard for them, I think it made me value them more. And I really appreciate that trial. And I think most of the times in our life, our trials are what we value most, right? It's not like sometimes it feels like, yeah, let's work for that big success. But sometimes it's just like, let's make it through that big failure because that's what's really going to make you. <laughs> Failures are like the, one of the most important things we can accept in our lives. And I think that my failure to have children and my failure to do all kinds of things have made me a better person. And so first and foremost, I'm a mom. It's a long answer. And um, I like to keep my schedule pretty flexible. So I do a lot of virtual work. Um, on my blog, I do color consultations. I do lookbooks. I do shopping sessions and all that's virtual. So I can do that when kids are napping or when people are asleep or, you know, between carpool sessions or different things like that. And I have a primary, like that's the primary core of my business is probably that virtual work. I love doing live work too. I'm not able to do as much of it because rather than working with a pool of, you know, thousands to, you know, hundreds of thousands that are out there that I can connect with online, I have my local community, but I love it. And so like, I like doing like a closet analysis or two a week and, you know, doing live shopping sessions. And I think you get to have a real connection with the customer that I appreciate. And then now, um, the local community college I used to teach live at, but since we recently moved from Arizona to Utah, I now teach virtually at that one. 
I also run a YouTube channel. I love YouTube because it's like, I love creating the evergreen teachable content. And I use that a lot with my classes. I also love Instagram. I think it offers a unique opportunity for transparency and vulnerability that's very digestible. Um, what I usually put on my blog or what I put on YouTube is going to be like teaching content and evergreen content that people can continue to like find. And whether you find it, you know, like in 2015 or whether you find it in 2018, it's not going to make that big of a difference. Like, of course, we want to keep trends and fashion current, but what I put on my Instagram, like, you know, it's okay. Like I'm just putting consistent content out on there. So that's kind of the whole of my business, I guess. And it's been like, it's always a constant balance in figuring out what makes the most sense for you and what's going to work with the current environment that you're in. You've got to be adaptable <laughs> to what people want, but it's been, it's been working well and, you know, always trying to grow and evolve. Like, you got to keep swimming or, you know, like we're sharks, you got to swim or die. Right. Um, but it's good. Like I like, I like the variety and it gives me a lot of options and a lot of flexibility. And now a small break, a word from those who make this podcast possible. This podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash entreport to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. So you have a great following, you know, like on Instagram and YouTube. And so what do you think is your best tip for people who are trying to grow their Instagram and try to grow their following? That is a great question. Uh, I think it's tricky. And one of the things that I would tell you first about growing your following is don't worry so much about the vanity metrics. Like they can get you down so fast. Like if you're sitting there counting every like and every follow and unfollow, you're not going to really enjoy this for the long haul. Like, it's going to drive you crazy. Because believe me, Instagram will change its algorithm and all of a sudden you'll tank and you'll just want to like dive off a cliff somewhere. And I think you just have to realize that there, first of all, you need to find something bigger that drives you and find a bigger goal that really means something to you. Because it's really easy to just get like, oh, I need this many followers on Instagram. And it's like, okay, well, why do you need that many followers on Instagram? What are you doing with your following? What's the purpose of that following? Like, what kind of followers do you need? Do you need an engaged audience? Do you just need a big audience? And I think if you think through why you want something, then you're going to be able to deliver better. And um, the second thing, like once you, like, for example, on YouTube, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do it is because I wanted to have good content to use to teach my classes. Um, I, especially as I knew I was going to be transferring more virtually, like I wanted more content that my students could um, access online. And so that was my overall goal. 
Um, but I think that helped me to make better content that appealed to a lot of people that was really step by step and, you know, systematic and made a lot of sense and went into maybe a little bit more depth than others might have. So you just like having a major goal will help you fine tune your audience as well. Because I think once you know your audience and you know your goal, then you're going to be able to put together messages, better messages together, right? You're going to be able to have a strategy behind that. And you're going to know, like on my Instagram, my Instagram is really just about, I want to connect with people and I want to put good out there. Like I, like at least every once a week I put a post out, I won't put any sponsored links on it. I won't like even do like, this is what I wore or anything. It's usually on a Sunday where I just want to talk about something real because I think we need more of that in the world. And that is like my donation to everything that God has given me, right? Like I'm going to talk about either, you know, my faith or my family or something like that. And I just want to have like a don't like, you know, something that I can sacrifice and give back. And that's really like, I want that on Instagram more than I want anything else. And I think it's okay to me if I sacrifice followers for that. It's okay to me if I sacrifice, you know, profits or something like that, if I'm able to accomplish that major goal, then that's more important to me. And I think when we're building our businesses, especially as women, like it's hard for us to separate what's truly important to us from what we're actually trying to make money at, right? Like, I feel like as women, we're much more integral creatures than maybe men are. And this is just my, maybe it's just me and my husband. My husband can like go to work, like he turns it on, like there's a flip the switch and he's like, I am work, Andrew. He goes to his date, like he flips the switch and he's like, I am home, Andrew now. Like he's much more categorical and he's able to separate a lot more. And I think as women, because our jobs tend to be a little more flexible and because we're having to shuffle things around, I think you need to make amends with that, like, as much in your business goals as you do in, you know, your actual life execution. So that would be my biggest thing is first, you know, like to summarize, first find your overall goal that you're trying to do with these channels and then figure out your strategies that you're going to do that for. And just stay true to yourself. Like it's so easy because you see everything everybody else is doing and what's working, right? And I have done this, people. I have done this more than once. <laughs> I have learned. Please learn from all my mistakes. I've made so many. Where you're just like, oh, that's so cute how they did it. And like, I should try that. And like, I should just be more like them. Like, I should be more like, I am a very long-winded person if you haven't figured this out by now. <laughs> like, every Instagram post I write should be a blog post. I am well aware of this. Like, it's like, scroll, scroll, scroll. People are like, probably like, oh my gosh, enough, enough. Like, you talk too much. And I'm like, I should be one of those people who can just write three words and be so cute. And they like, I have like a cute picture and like these three words on my post. And that's how it should be. And you know what? That's not me. Like, I just have to be me. Like, this is the way I came. This is what my followers came from. And I think if you're your genuine self, you'll attract more people that are attracted to your genuine self. And if you try to be somebody else, guess what? <laughs> the falsity of it is is really blaring really quick like people are like uh no you didn't pull that off <laughs> that's not you and it's not that it's not somebody else but just be you like it's okay it's okay if you don't resonate with everybody not everybody is going to love you that's okay that's not your job your job is not to make everybody love you your job is just to be you <clears throat> and to serve who you can so I, I guess that's a long-winded answer of <laughs> how to do that and I can give you tactical strategies like there's all kinds of things out there use the tools use your tribe I think that finding women with a common resource, like I, I don't think I would have survived this long as the industry if I hadn't found more women that I relate with. 
and that I just believe in and that I think are doing great things and that make me want to continue to go for it, right? Because if it wasn't for that, then it just feels such like such a lonely, sad it's place. It's a lonely so, place. Yeah, it's <laughs> a really lonely place. So find your tribe and use them. Like ask your friends like, okay, how did you work with that sponsor? Hey, will you pass that information on to me and be reciprocal and be genuine? But it's okay to ask for help and, you know, say, what's working for you? Like, have you tried, you know, like that's this new app or done this different thing? Or have you done your hashtags that way? Like talk to people, like get information from them. And it really, I mean, it depends on your overall, uh, oh, what's the word? I, I, I think it depends on your individual thing. Like there's all kinds of tactics, but for me, really the working with your tribe and really finding genuine relationships that's going to serve you even more than just like finding a few more followers. That's going to give you really fortitude to keep going through this whole experience. Yeah. Well, and it, it all comes together, right? Because the same thing that you're saying about how you like build your business and how you keep it authentic to you is pretty much the same thing you're saying about finding your personal style because you have to accept who you are, right? So like with our personal style, we have to say, this is the body I've been given <laughs> and this oh, yeah. is the stage I'm in and this is the coloring. And then, and it's the same thing with us as, as uh, business owners or, you know, as trying to be influential in the world is that we have to say, okay, who am I? Like, what have I been given? And then what is the best, yeah, like, yeah. like what's the best way to move forward and to help? And then we can, we can fire clothes. We can fire people who are maybe just like, I think it's okay to say these people aren't my people and yeah. they're not it's okay if they don't follow me. It's okay if they don't think I'm great. <laughs> yeah. well, and it's okay if these people don't work with me on a business perspective. Like, just don't get hung up on that. Like, some people are not going to be your best friends. Some people are not going to be your best followers. But the people who are, love on them, right? Like, be loyal to them and take care of them. And, like, I know this was way back from my MBA school, but, like, know thy love group, right? Like, know who your love group is. And don't try to sell out being somebody else. There was this like whole case study on pizza and Pizza Hut wasn't doing that well. And Little Caesars or some, I think it was Little Caesars. I could be misquoting this. Always check your facts when I'm talking. (laughs) I'm just, I tell you now, I could be making this all up. But Pizza Hut, they had, you know, their sales were following and like Little Caesars had become out with a Bigfoot or no, had been selling all these cheap pizzas, right? And they're like, I'm, well, we should just be a cheap pizza company because like, look how well they're doing. Like we should just do that. And so they came out with this pizza called the Bigfoot. Oh my gosh, it tanked. It tanked so bad. And the whole point of it was you had an audience. They wanted more of a premium pizza, you know, like, and this was back before artisan pizza. So Pizza Hut was a premium pizza. <laughs> and so they had to know that their love group was these people and they had to be loyal to them. And when they started making cheaper pizzas and like cheapening their ingredients and doing all these things, everybody's like, excuse me, if I wanted that, I could have gone to Little Caesars. Like, I didn't want Little Caesars. I came to you and you gave me Little Caesars food. Like, that's the whole <laughs> point. If they're going to Cardigan Empire they're not going to get it. Like I can't like give them something else because that will just make them even more mad. Right. Like I'm not going to like keep my group happy and like get this whole new group. Like that's not how it works. You just have to be true to who you are and that will grow organically. And you just got to believe in that. And you just got to keep pushing yourself and growing yourself, but continue doing that because yeah, like if you've seen me ever in a, like when the Bohemian trend came out, Oh my gosh, I wanted to like make that work for me. I wanted to wear floaty dresses and like, be all hippie and so it did not work I can tell you it did not work for my body type it did not work for my signature style it was horrible on my coloring like it was just not for me and so I can like 
like give a solid salute to all the cute like <laughs> wide brim hats and like all these things that I'm not going to do and I can say that is cute for you and I love it and like you keep working that but I can <laughs> still be me and not feel cheapened by that I'm it's okay it's okay not to be everything to everyone yeah and and really again like the theme is you have to figure out who you are <laughs> Yeah, you do. You have to figure it out. And that's a tricky thing. And I also think that there are (laughs) a lot of learning things like maybe you bought a bohemian dress and you're like, that was the worst. Or maybe you tried to be like someone else and write three words and you're like, that was the worst. You know, maybe I bought a pair of overalls, a pair of cute Madewell velvet overalls and tried them on myself today. <laughs> it was one of the like worst opportunities. Like it was horrible. Like it looked like a giant diaper. Like poor brightness. <laughs> and I said to myself, "That's okay. It's That's okay, okay that you have like thighs and booty and like." undercarriage that maybe look like you're wearing a gigantic diaper when you put on overalls and that's okay you don't have to wear overalls that's not your thing oh I just tried to get uh, like um what is it is it a jumpsuit is that what it would be no yeah, What's it yeah jumpsuit I mean like it's a one piece yeah yeah that didn't work those are true. <laughs> having not only to fit like all your circumferences but now you're having to fit your length too and I have long hair so oh my thing. gosh yeah, I sent some pictures to my sisters, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know if that's the right thing for you." <laughs> so, we don't have to that. We don't so, have to be that. We no. don't have to be overalls and jumpsuits. They're we dark. don't. <laughs> we don't. Okay, that's the best. See, you don't have to be overalls and jumpsuits if you're not overall and jumpsuits. And overalls are great. Jumpsuits are great. But I know. It's not for everyone. That's exactly right. And I think that's true, like online, I think it's true, like in our businesses, it's really easy to say, I want to wear that jumpsuit, or I want to be just like that business. But truth is, you have to figure out who you are. So do you, do you feel like that has been like a journey for you? Or do you feel like you've kind of known where you want to be and what your space is? Or has it been trying on jumpsuits? (laughs) (laughs) I have tried on my more than my fair share of jumpsuits, for sure. But I think it's really hard. Like I'm, I'm a pretty strong personality, and I just think I am who I am. And even when I try to write a three-word post, it ends up three paragraphs. <laughs> and even you know, like this is just who I am. And I think the more I've come to accept that, and the more that I've just gone with that, and what feels authentic to me. Not to say that I haven't changed, because when I first started blogging, I was very much focused on just writing about fashion. I didn't like I occasionally talked about my adoption, but I didn't talk about family. I was not a lifestyle blogger. I was only going to talk about fashion because I that was what I had. Like, I'm a very like focused, like categorical kind of person. Like this is a fashion blog. And so the content that goes into the fashion file is fashion related. <laughs> right. And I think over the years, I've realized like, you know, especially with Instagram, that gave me the opportunity of kind of like opening up a little bit more and talking a little bit more about my family or talking a little bit more about my faith. And so allow yourself to evolve. You don't have to be the like, as long as it's genuinely you, that doesn't mean it can't change because we all change. Like we talked about our bodies change. Oh, my goodness. I have been like every body type in the book since having three <laughs> children and going through her fertility. Like I have been plenty middle figure. I have been upper figure with nursing. I have been, you know, there was like that like five minute period where your hourglass, like when you're nursing a ton and like you're losing weight and you're like, oh, wow, I'm hourglass. And then all of a sudden you're like, nope, never mind. My kids ate all my boobs and I'm <laughs> 
if I can. <laughs> so, you know, like my body's constantly evolved and I figured out how to work with that. And then I've evolved as a person and my business has evolved and what I want out of my business has evolved. So I think, yes, stay true and uh, authentic to you, but of, of course evolve and allow yourself to change and be and uh, fulfill the needs that you have. Yeah, I'm really glad you talked on that because I, I do think that sometimes we go down roads and we don't want, we know that we should turn back or, you know, take a different road, but we don't dare because, you know, we think that, well, we try it and it's failing, but really what, it's okay to evolve. <laughs> it's yeah. okay to change. Um, so I, I really love that you touched on that. So the question that I really love to end on in our interviews is, is talking about like your relationship with your Heavenly Father because I know that with my business, it's been a really amazing testing ground for learning how Heavenly Father talks to me and what he wants me to do. And that's kind of been the pattern that I've seen as I've interviewed other women is that it is one way that their testimony has grown. So how have you seen God's hand in your business? Uh, I think that it's been like something that's driven me all the way along, like in different ways. Um, I think that we're constantly counseled, right, to pray over our flocks and pray over our fields. And I think it makes just as much sense, if not more, to pray over our businesses as it does to pray over our families and, you know, all that. I think the more I'm willing to sacrifice for my Heavenly Father in my business and do it His way, the more He is willing to bless me. Which is unfortunate because I'm a very stubborn person and I don't always want to listen the first time. I'm always like, no, this is the way it should work. I've thought this through and this is the way it's going to work. Like I would like it to follow this pattern and this plan. And I think the more I'm willing to say like, nope, we've just got to do it his way and it's going to be okay. Like we're going to have to take chances and we're going to have to do scary things and we're going to have to embrace failure and all of those things. And then that's what really makes it successful in the end if that makes any sense so for example you know like I'm a fashion blogger and as a fashion blogger I already number one just being LDS and wanting to like stay you know true to like modesty convictions is not easy like you have already like if you want to stay like modest and do fashion you have already eliminated at least 75% of your clothing options like right out the door right away and that's okay because it's more important to me. Like I think this is when I talk to young women about modesty, I, I don't like sitting there, you know, talking about women like, oh, we're just sexual objects and we need to cover ourselves up and this is so horrible. Like you, we have all these like, we're just a horrible thing and we need to like wear turtlenecks <laughs> and long coats all day. You know, like I don't want to give them in that idea because I think our bodies are so beautiful and so sacred. And so what I like to tell people about modesty is, Modesty is an opportunity to show respect to yourself, to show respect to the people that you're around, and to show respect for your environment. And that's going to change. Like, when you go to the beach, your environmental changes, and it's okay to wear something a little more revealing, right? When you're going to a wedding reception, it's going to be different than when you're going to school. Like, there is definite opportunities to change things, and depending on the people that you're with, you know, like, but the thing about being modest is you're always universally appealing. Like, you, your grandpa's going to be like cute, love it. And your boyfriend's gonna be like, cute, love it, right? Like, it's more universally appealing. And you, it's less offensive to yourself. You're not gonna like you're more unlikely 
to look back on it and be like, oh my gosh, why did I wear that? Like, why? Why? <laughs> it's much harder to make horrendous decisions being modest. And that saves you from a lot. And it's just, you're going to feel better in the long run, like knowing that you have like respect in all of those categories because that's what you deserve. And that's what we're really trying to gain here. So that's one sacrifice I make in my business. And like I t- talked about earlier, like I like to uh, dedicate at least one day to um, talking about faith or talking about something like that. And sometimes Heavenly Father tells me to talk about things where I'm like, um, that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. And I'll keep getting the prompting. He means like, that's what you need to talk about. And I'm like, nope, that's between me and you. Remember, we had to talk about that. And it was a personal thing. And the more and more I have followed those promptings, like, of course, you feel like your soul is you know, like I've talked about divorce. Um, I was married for like two years and, um, you know, there was drug addiction and all kinds of awful things like that. Didn't want to talk about that, but I was like, all right, we'll put that out <laughs> on the table. Um, infertility. Okay. Let's put that out on the table. Like body image distortion, eating disorders, like near la- near death experiences. I feel like Heavenly Father has just told me like, you need to be transparent, not to the point that it's, inappropriate, but just so that other people know that they're not alone. And I think that's really important to me. And if I can accomplish like letting somebody know that they aren't alone in this whole fight and that like life is hard for all of us and you can know that other people are out there, like understand how you feel and create that kind of community. That is super important to me. I want people like, I want people to feel comfortable in their souls and whether I do that by helping them pick out the right pair of pants or whether I do that by helping share a story that was, you know, important to me, like I'm going to do that. And that is, that's been hard. Like, so I'm, I'm not, a, I'm an introvert, like by nature, like I will have a long chat with like any one person, like I will talk to you all day and that's easy for me. But like having to open yourself up to a, like, not, not and, and more than just like a lot of people, but sometimes you get some insensitivity and people who don't understand and that's okay like everybody's not going to understand your situation but on the whole people are kind and people are loving and people are accepting and I feel like the more I've been transparent and the more I've been genuine with people the more I've gotten out of it not necessarily profits but just like a purpose in being here and I think that that's been really important to me and so I I've really found that like following my Heavenly Father's promptings. And I I mean, so many times I've told Heavenly Father, I'm like, oh, this is what we need to do next with the business. Like if you could just like scale that and make that really successful, that's what I would like. Like you should just, you know, snap your magic <laughs> fingers and make that work out. And I think that he's more interested in what we can all become through growing through these experiences than, you know, like whatever empire, Cardigan Empire is going to be someday, right? Like, I am really happy with what I've accomplished so far and I'm really excited with what I can do in the future. And at this point, I'm not interested in being, you know, the most popular person on Instagram or, you know, the most sought after YouTuber, but I'm interested in being able to grow my influence in the most like fundamental sense. Like I want to help people and I want to make this better and I want to just make life better because it is hard. I don't know how many people you have been talking to lately, but people are struggling with hard things. It doesn't get any easier. And I just want them to know that this is, like, if I can simplify your wardrobe 
and like make it so that you don't have to worry about whether your pants are cutting into you or whether your shirt's too short. Like if I can solve that problem for you, I'm so happy to do it. <laughs> so I just want to make people's life simpler and I want to make people's life more meaningful. And, you know, just that's, that's really what we're here to do. As much as we're here to make money and as much as we're here, like, obviously we have to do it. It has to be sustainable. Like I can't just continue giving and giving and giving. Like I remember one time, like when I first started blogging, somebody's like criticism of me, they're like, she used to give all these fashion tips, but now she's like selling stuff too. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what we have to do. Like in order to be sustainable, like I have to sustain this. Like I can't just continue to take time away from my family and things. So it has to be sustainable, but let's, let's make it bigger than that too. Like, so in a short, like that's, that's kind of me and my relationship with God in this business. Well, I really love it because you're not just saying, <laughs> you're not just giving people the ability to have good, look nice and wear nice clothes, but you're giving people confidence. And when I, I do know that when people feel confident, then they are much more likely to stop worrying about how they look because that's what my mom would always say. Um, she'd say, get up and get ready in the morning and then go out the door and forget yourself. So, because when you're, if you're sitting there worrying about how you look and if, if, you know, if your belly is hanging out or, you know, whatever, then you can't think of other people. And, um, that's really what you're, you're all about is serving. And even though it's hard and sometimes you have to, you have to share more than you want to, Um, but it's all in the act of service. So, um, that's what I really love about you. I love your energy and I love your passion and commitment. It's, it's actually a message I needed today, (laughs) (laughs) today specifically. So, um, I really love you and I'm so glad that we're friends in real life now. I know. I love you, IRL. (laughs) And I am so, I have loved learning from you too. I think you have some really solid business advice and just life advice. So it's been really fun getting to know you better as well. Everybody needs to listen to every single episode of your Every single episode. I haven't gone through all of them. They're really good. (laughs) Oh, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us. And we, we are going to go figure out our color profile so that we can start looking good. And rock this body. Well, like message me. I'll help you out. That's I have right. No She's so yeah. good. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Rachel. Oh, you're so welcome, Michelle. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women with Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women with Fire podcast. Find us on Instagram at The Women with Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women with Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.